Welcome to the Toffee Blues, your source for all things Everton. I am Jerry, joined today on the show by, I've got Terry and Max here, all right? We're forming a trio to talk a lot of Everton-based things. Uh, gentlemen, it's good to, good to talk to you again. Uh, Max, it's, it's been a little while. How's, how's life? Yes, sir. Um, it has been a while. Life's, life is life, Jerry. Um, I, I, I literally feel like I'm just... You know, it's all just passed me by very quickly. Um, I'm just always on the move, always got things to do. Um, it's just like flying past me, to be honest. I'm like jumping from meeting to meeting, from part time job to part time job. And it's like, whew, like sometimes it's, you know, you need to just sit down and be able to chill out for a little bit, which I've just got one of those minds where it's very hard to do so. Like, I've got, I'm just one of them that I've always got like. 100 tabs open in my head if that makes sense so literally when I'm that's not, where I'm at right now too I'm with you <laughs> yeah I'm, uh, I'm just I'm currently working on an assignment which is dealing with contemporary issues in the current sports media climate I've chosen to do racism I've focused on Ali's Ali during the 60s and his stance on Vietnam and Colin Kaepernick and what's going on with him since 2016 yeah yeah so i've quite enjoyed i've quite enjoyed that assignment to be honest with you that's great yeah that's what a great topic holy crap yeah you could there's so many different ways to go with it, especially like in like contemporary like football across the world and in certain countries the way certain countries their their view of racism is just different in certain places uh i mean immediately you join jump to jump to italy uh, the way, you know, certain supporters are just like, hey, it's not, it's not a big deal, and you're like, oh, huh? mm, yeah, I feel you. <laughs> you, you know, you know, it's, it's some people, it's like a culture thing, but you're de- dealing with uh, some stuff that's even, it's even bigger than that. Um, it's even, it's like, you know, systemic, like you're talking about with the Kaepernick stuff and the kneeling, that has been a huge issue with American football between many different sects. It's. Uh, it's you're gonna have a juicy paper, my friend. Thank you, sir. I've got about four hundred words left to play with, so I'm just winding it up now, finishing it off, and then yeah. on to finishing me ten thousand words. All right. Well, if you need the uh, the point of view of a long-haired, gray-haired, you know, white guy from North Carolina, you know, I I know a few. All Thank right. You, just saying. Uh, <laughs> Terry, uh, how's things with you, man? You doing all right? Yeah, um, not as exciting as uh, as Max's paper. I, I'm really interested in that. I'd be uh, interested in seeing that when it's done. But if, with the word count, if you start struggling towards the end, you can just put screw Flanders till you make it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like not that's not a more recent Simpsons episode, but it wasn't one of the classics, which is what we always mention. So I was a bit worried that you might not have seen that. But yeah, Homer's no, food. He runs out of anything to say, so he just puts Screw Flanders over and over again. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, to answer your question, Jerry, I'm good. Um, I can't really add anything to the uh, to the flow of conversation because I've seen a couple of films recently, and, and you guys haven't seen them, so we can't even discuss them. What have you seen besides Parasite? Um, well, a bit of a departure from Parasite, but I saw Birds of Prey, uh, the Harley Really? One. Yeah, that wasn't that good. It was not unwatchable bad, but it, it wasn't that good. And now I'm, I'm just I'm looking through some uh, decent like sort of films that I've missed, and I don't mean like highbrow. Oh, these are great films. I mean like things I want to see that I didn't get round to seeing. So. Um, the Disaster Artist is one I want to see next. Oh, not yes! Seen. Yeah, the, the, the Franco brothers do a film about the making of The Room and I wanna, I'm going to watch that soon because I just need to see it. I, it. It's meant to be amazing. It, not will ever beat The Room itself, but apparently it's really good. Okay, yeah, we definitely need to... Yeah. So Disaster <laughs> Artist is cool and... Uh, 
For those of you who don't know a whole lot about that, it's we, we have a tendency to talk about one of the worst, one of the best bad movies ever, The Room. And so, yeah, we, we talk about that every once in a while here. And uh, The Disaster Artist is basically the, the uh, narrative depiction of the making of that film. Uh, and Yeah, and James Franco plays Tommy Wiseau, the director, writer, producer, and lead star of The Room. And it is uh, it is a fascinating story. That's what that's what Terry's alluding to there. Uh, good stuff, very good stuff, guys. Um, so definitely differing subjects, but uh, I'm uh, I'm actually down to talk about uh, those with you guys anytime. But those are both d- totally separate spectrums, but also sure. uh, equ- you know all engaging. So, uh, so guys, we should we should get started. Otherwise, we're going to end up talking about your your separate talking points um, all day. Yeah. So, really quick for the pod listeners out there, here's the way the show's going to work. We're going to be talking about uh, the United match. Uh, it's the United Extra Time segment. Um, so we have opinions, as I'm sure. Uh, all of you people out there have as well. Uh, so the, we'll be starting out with that. Then we're going to talk about Leighton Baines. Uh, played pretty well this weekend. So the question is going to be Leighton Baines' new contract? Question mark. All right. And then we'll have a starting 11 quiz. All right. A match from the past. These gents head-to-head. They're used to it. Can I, just inter- can I just interrupt this break for a broadcast with some breaking news? Breaking news. Mason Holgate signed the contract till 2025. Nice. Up the top. Yes. Mason Holgate. Holgate please, for England. Please leave that in the pod. That's brilliant. Yes. We we've got to we got to keep that in cuz it's just it's just beautiful news. Um yeah. Hell yeah. Now the day might not be shit. Ah. So, <laughs> all right. So anyway, uh, let's continue uh, with the United Extra Time segment. Um, for those of you who have been uh, asleep all weekend long, uh, game ended one-one. So uh, didn't have to, but it did. Uh, so really quick, let's let's. Uh, there, there's a really big defining moment that happened at the end. We're gonna save that for the end of this particular segment. We're gonna sa- save it for the end. Let's get all that in. Let's talk about the f- actual football match first, and then we'll get to the uh, the nonsense. All right. Uh, so basically, uh, we had a 16 to 14 advantage in shots. I think both the both teams had a similar. Uh, shot total when it came to being on, being on target. We had 44% possession, 13 to 8 advantage in corners. We played yeah. a lot. We played we played a pretty strong second half, frankly. Um, and honestly, if you were watching that second half, you would say, "Yeah, they had a goal coming." I think I think if you're watching that, you watch the momentum. Yeah, it was all right, guys. Um, so Max, let's let you kind of get things rolling. If you want to talk about who you feel like. Uh, Played a played a solid match, and uh, we'll kind of gradually get toward any kind of other folks that may have disappointed. We'll get there later, but let's talk about some positives first. Um, positives being that the start in eleven surprised me with the performance. I don't know if you saw my tweet that I put out there before the game. Uh, obviously, when I when I've seen the the start in eleven. I thought, hmm, a little bit suspect. I would have much preferred to see Mason Holgate partner Andre Gomez in central midfield and have Yerry Mina in there with Michael Keane at the back. Not an, exactly against Tom Davies. The lad's living me dream, a blonde lad that wears his socks low, running around Goodison Park is literally what I wanted to be when I was younger. So, not an against the lad. I do love him. But given just how well Mason Holgate played in central midfield at Old Trafford, um, obviously, being a central uh, defender by trade, he would have permitted, you know, he would have provided that defensive cover to Andre Gomez, who was making his first start following that horrific leg break, and it's just absolutely incredible the fact that he's back after three months. So, if he, again, Jerry, if you're going to look for like a, a, a positive from an individual perspective, Andre Gomez all day long it didn't look out of shape, didn't look scared, you know. It, it, mm-hmm. Back to absolutely dominating in the middle of the park. 
Um, yeah, funnily enough, uh, on the way to the game, I was a little bit late getting picked up, so I literally had to sprint from County Road to to my seat. Managed to get in there just in time for the for the goal. So absolutely bizarre from Calvert Lewin, and I think I think I think now you can safely say fifteen goals this season be probably the, the Lukaku replacement. Uh, you know, numbers don't lie. For, for him to be hitting fifteen goals, I think it is exceptional. And just goes to show what a change in system can do for individual confidence. Um, I do think, however, it would have been a completely different story if he'd have gone on and scored that one-on-one just a few moments later after his first goal. Um, and I think it's just quite typical of a, of a player in form like himself. He can grab a goal like that first one where he's just running and willingly closing down. But the 1v1, which you should expect to be his bread and butter. Uh, obviously, a, a good save from De Gea, but... You know, you'd like to see your centre forward putting them away. Um, but yeah, we we didn't play too badly. I think obviously because we spent that chance. Uh, Man United had then applied the pressure. Matic hit the crossbar, which you know, fantastic game of football. Um, and again, I think where my concern comes in at the fact that Mason Holgate wasn't in the midfield. Bruno Fernandez, the game that me and Tom were ranting and raving about in the in the preview. For the game, like you can't allow someone of that quality so much time and so much space. Um, you can't stand I got the up same thing written down, man. <laughs> yeah, so and, and Gomez and Davies didn't quite have ground on him, and so that I think that's where my point stems from. I would have much preferred Holgate, maybe even Delph in there to sort of do the uh, defensive work. But yeah, as you as you say, it was a it was a good game for, from both sides of counts, really. Um, I've uh, Criticism of Pickford again. I do think it's harsh. The that double save he made in the second half is one of the best things I think I've ever seen from a goalkeeper. Period. Like it was just absolutely sensational. Yeah. Um. And yeah. Um. Absolutely gutted about what happened at the end. But we'll get onto that. Yeah. When I when I mentioned players who were struggling, I started writing some down. And then as I kept writing down, I, I was thinking, okay, well, this player did, I can think of individual moments where they struggled. And then I can think of other moments where they actually did okay. I didn't see where any particular player where you're like, them, they were the bad one today. You know what I mean? I felt like it was sort of, it was more of a gray area for a lot of players where they, there were moments of brilliance and some, some, you know, mediocrity. It was there. Yeah. You know? Um... Uh, so Terry, let's go to you before I mention some other stuff. Uh, anybody in particular, you know, surprise you in a way where you're like, yeah, that was awesome or anything or anyone where you're thinking, well, I didn't really like the fact that that person started or anything like that. Any, anything about that before we kind of get a little bit more specific? Not so much surprises. I mean, the lineup was a big change, but I'm not. I'm not surprised at this point. Like I've, I've just come to accept this is what Carlo seems to be doing. Whether whether he's doing it for now, in you know, in the view with, for the summer, or whether he's just going to do it f- full time. He, he changes the squad a lot, and he, he picks lineups that you you wouldn't expect, and you certainly wouldn't pick yourself. But there's there's a reason behind all of it. You can see why Sadibe and Mina were dropped after last week. They they made mistakes. Um, I think if we had a stronger squad, with that. Supported a lot more confidence in me to be a lot more on board with it, but because people have, you know, seen every player have you know bad games this season, it's it's harder to get your head around. Um, the two forwards again, just they're just the boys, aren't they? Like you know, Max said there that the the replacement for Lukaku seems to be Calvert Lewin, but the two of them together, that Richarlison and Calvert Lewin are the goals that Lukaku used to score, mm. and we've now got the same thing. Um, which obviously we need to address going forward, but we are we used to have one player who scored all our goals, and now we've got two players who score all our goals. So <laughs> if you can spread that out even more, that's even better. But we used to play with one up front with Lukaku, now we're playing with two. So we just sort of they are the replacements, and they're both in you know white hot form at the minute. Like Calvert Lewin. He knew nothing about his goal, but De Gea is caught napping on him, and he and he Solskjaer loses to it. Like Calvert Lewin chases everything. I think he said he chases paper on a windy day. It's like you, you can't be that lax when you've got you know players you know that energetic you know snapping at you, and he's paid the price. Um, 
after the, we scored that goal, United did get a good grip of the game. They didn't, you know, like we, we obviously the follow up chance for Calvert Lewin. I I feel quite sorry for him because that is a top class save from De Gea. Could make it two 0 there. It's it's mad that he doesn't score from that, but scores from the first one. But um, yeah, basically United got into the game then, and we just didn't live with Bruno Fernandez. He, he we they had obviously. I think it was four central midfielders on the pitch. So what they surrendered out wide, which nullified their strikers because they were pulling wide to you know to, to assist. They had all the advantage in central midfield because Gomez and Davies were just overloaded completely. And Fernandez always found himself as that free man. And we did pay for it with the goal. Now Pickford can do a lot better. He's I am reaching the end of my rope with Pickford. I mean he's De Gea is. Um, and Pickford like mirror images of each other at the minute. They they are always liable to put a you know drop a clanger or like you know put one in their own net. But then they'll come out with an absolutely unbelievable reflex save, which people you know for some people that redeems them in the match. For me, it's like no, I don't want to be, I don't want to keep it like that. Like I, I'd, I'd prefer the keeper to do what he's capable of and just do the great saves and not you know jump over the uh, the shots like he's done in the past two games, the past two home matches. So we get in a half-time. Half-time was a bit of a blessing. I thought we were lucky to get in uh, level. Man United weren't making chance after chance, but they were having much, a much better go of it um, possession-wise. Come out after come out after half-time, we, whatever Ancelotti had done at half-time, did the trick. We were far more in, in control of the game. We had far better mm-hmm. chances from that point on. I mean, Max said before that um, uh, living the dream, Tom Davies, little you know, blonde lad with his yeah. socks pulled down, running around Goodison. Well, you know, um, Luke Shaw's, you know, living my dream of a big fat fuck playing as a Premier League player. His tits, his tits in the wind that showed the same. There's hope for uh, there's hope for even me yet. <laughs> because the the fullbacks couldn't live with Ibawa. <laughs> Can you warn me when you're gonna do that? Oh my gosh! Sorry, I just <laughs> yeah. So we had we had better of it in the premium second content. half. Got... Premium content. You're missing out. You don't listen to this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a hero to us all. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So we had we had better, much better of it in the second half, and. Then obviously, towards the end happens, you know, the the training cone at the post, I've got to say as well, you know, you criticise him when he doesn't do sort of stuff, but you've got to get it when he does. Yeah, but you tell you what, Man United should sign Sigurdsson because he found um, Harry Maguire's head on every corner. So they should buy him because that would be a brilliant t- tactic for them to have. But, you know, he hit the post and was... Well, the reason we got the free kick, um, I think it was that one we'll go into as we get to the last bit of the game. But yeah, could have had three points. We didn't. Shall we talk about why? I, before we do, I, Mister, I want to give credit to Michael Keane. He's often thrown under the bus, but I thought he did play exceptionally well, mm-hmm. especially considering we were opting to play out for in the back. Um, you know, receiving centre half receiving the ball in the in the keeper's area, and I thought he did exceptionally well. I do, however, think that we missed the trick not playing Bernard from the off, and mm. we could have possibly brought Moyes Keane on a little bit earlier to allow him to impact the game a bit more. Yeah, um, I was worried about about Keane in this one, but the match kind of played out, or as, as in Michael Keane. Uh, the match kind of played out in a way where it kind of benefited who he is and how he plays. It just mm-hmm. it worked out well for him, which is that was awesome. Um, I thought their goal was a was a, a joint effort from several parties. It wasn't just Pickford, you know, not making that save. But additionally, Sidibe's pass was was not on target. Walcott maybe could have wrangled that in a little bit better, and we didn't pressure the shooter. Um, I mean, that's that's not just one mistake; that's several mistakes. That's a 
That's yeah. a, it, it takes a village. Uh, and that was, yeah, man, that was, that was frustrating when I watched that back. I was just, you know, when I saw so many different spots, it's not one of those where you're like, oh, he loses his man and the guy scores. That's easy. No, this is, a, this is several. Um, and I think you can, you can fault all of them, but then we're talking about a lot of other players who actually had other moments where they shown within the match. Um, you know, immediately I jumped to Pickford, like you mentioned earlier. Just, that was really disappointing. Yeah, there was some wicked movement on that ball, but you still think he should have been able to bring that in. But then what does Pickford do later? He he friggin' looks like a, a Spider-Man making those. It was ridiculous, those saves. Um, where I, yeah, I was loud watching that one. Um, so, <laughs> anyway, uh, so let's, let's dunk our toes just barely just dip our toes in to the var ocean um and again for those of you who didn't watch this one you missed uh, you missed quite an ending um with with everton scoring a uh, a match winning goal in uh in added time and then it being disallowed by var for offsides because sigurdsson supposedly was impacting the line of sight of De Gea. So, uh, just to kind of go through the moment, uh, Sigurdsson actually uh, goes in for quite an, you know, a shot pretty close range and just gets decked as he's shooting it by Juan Bissaka. So, that's probably a foul. Uh, <laughs> the ball ends up popping back out to Calvert-Lewin, who plays, who, who plays it. Was that ball on target? Was it going at the goal, guys? Do we know? Yeah. Yeah, it was on target. Because I've heard some it, people say it, it, that it was not on target. No, I think it was on target. I think the obviously the Maguire deflection changed the, right. the path of the ball, which is ultimately deceived the hair. Um, but he could still see the ball. He had <laughs> like, his eyes on the ball the entire time. Watch the man's head. He watches the ball the entire time. Okay. The official, the official view will be that it was on target, where it's quite hard to tell considering how far it travels for it deflects. But because it, it's on target, so they don't, you know, like they've ruled it out. If it's off target, I think they they count it. So they obviously think it was on target. Yeah. So um, uh, then there's the whole. Some people are saying it's the fact that Sigurdsson moved his legs to let the ball in, and that distracted De Gea. Made him look at Sigurdsson, which is not true. He's literally watching the ball the entire time. Doesn't have a prayer of saving it. He's not going to save it. He sees where the ball is going, but he makes no movement to try to save it. So he knows what's going on the entire time. All right? So i, I got to be honest, guys. This is one of those where when I hear people trying to give like pundits actually trying to take the side where the VR decision was correct. I, I really try to be objective to try to take all, and it just sounds stupid when people are explaining it. It's, it's really, it's really agitating because it's like they are trying to be contrarian and to be a know-it-all when in reality, most know-it-alls know very little. All right. You're telling me this particular conversation which so many people fall on the other end of the conversation, this is a clear and obvious error by the official, by the match official. All right? This is the same problem we've had over and over, guys. It's the implementation of VAR, okay? VAR is a tool, right? It's a tool. You got a knife. A knife Mm -hmm. can be a very useful tool helping you survive, but also you could stab yourself with it and stab other people in the eyes, all right? So the thing is, this is a tool. It all depends on who's using it. Uh, and i got to be honest, right now, like, I don't know. We haven't even talked about the fact that Carlo got red carded at the end by True. by this doofus who told him to disappear. Well, um, the, the, the thing with the, with the goal is, right, so Sigurdsson gets his chance away. It's saved. And then he's hacked down by Wanda Sacker a second after so the ball, you know, so ricochets out off the save. Calvert-Lewin picks it up, shoots, and it goes in the net from um, Maguire. So the VAR pulls it back and then reviews the offside. But why does it not review the original foul? It's like... The foul. 
what my issue is it is partially first I think you should say like I do think it's absolutely ridiculous that a fantastic game of football is completely has been completely overwritten by this you know VAR controversy you know it was a fantastic game of football both teams hitting the post and you know really like hotly contested but just to add to your point Terry what frustrates me so much about the VAR call is that the officials have looked at it purely from a Manchester United perspective. They've not factored in the fact that Sigurdsson's been absolutely taken out. I, again, I'd probably, I'd hold my hand up and be like, right, okay, he's probably took a hard fall and is a bit winded as to why, you know, he just sort of like rolled over onto his side. You know, if you're nitpicking, like, just get off the pitch. Even yeah. if you have to roll, just get off the pitch, you know. And... Again, as you say, Jerry, even if you, at a descriptive level, it's pathetic, isn't it? When you, when you like talking through it, because at a time in the Premier League, particularly when you're competing for the European places, like three points are so valuable at the minute, and we've lost out because the the officials, and it makes perfect sense. VAR is a tool that can be used to protect the product. It could, and, it could be great. You know, it could be something that's enhancing the game. That's the thing that's driving me just batshit, guys. It's the the fact that it, it could be making things better. It could be improving things. But instead, what they've done is used it for the exact same reason they didn't have it before. Everybody talked about how all the big six don't want VAR because that would mean all those chances that are favorable are, are, are not going to go in their favor anymore. But guess what? The officials are still doing it, and at this point, it's like they're just pissing in our faces. Yeah, I mean, with, with that decision, it's like, remember Man City, where there was an, um, they were checking for a penalty whilst the player was offside when he was fouled? They were checking for both, weren't they? they I can't remember the player, but basically a player went through to the Everton goal and was fouled, but the flag had already gone up. So like the the team sort of stopped playing. It's like why can't they check both? Well, was he offside? Yes, by the letter of the law, he's offside, central to the goal. De Gea can see the ball the whole time. He watches it, goes to the right, then watches it ricochet, then goes to the left, but can't get to it. But Sigurdsson still is directly central with the goal in an offside position. Okay, well that's not advantage then because we've collected the ball and not had any advantage from it. So you take it back to the initial foul. So we either should get that penalty. Or get a um, or get the goal, depending on the referees or the VAR referees' discretion. It's just completely bonkers that it took them two seconds to look that up and go right. Which is the way that is more favourable for Man United, which is basically what they've done. Like like Max said, there they looked at it from the Man United point of view, not looked at the whole incident. They just totally ignored, which is what a lot of these pundits that you're alluding to, Jerry, are all doing. They're sort of pretending this foul and Sigurdsson didn't happen. And how long did they look at the Deli Alley handball before getting it wrong and not giving it? Yeah. He looked at it for about three minutes, four minutes, and then still got it wrong. But with this one, yeah, no, that's fine, that's fine. He's offside. Well, yeah, he is. But what about the foul? No, no, no. He's off, he's offside, guys. He's offside. It's it's, yeah. it's over. And then obviously, as what was it you said before, Max, off camera about the with the first uh, team of firsts once again. Like yeah, it it was a it was a tweet from Jim Keegan who I know we've I don't yeah. know. The show previously, he put a, a tweet out saying, "The first club to have a player punished retrospectively for diving, which was obviously Omar Niat a couple of years back against Crystal Palace. Uh, the first club to have a penalty incor- incorrectly awarded against them via VAR, which was the Michael Keane incident for Brighton. The first club to have an own goal ruled out for offside by VAR, which is obviously the Maguire own goal, uh, and the first club to have a manager red carded." which I'd, I'd like to do some digging into because I don't know about that one, but I think the point still stands. Um, there's there's, there's been plenty, plenty of managers have been sent to the stands, but I think with this new, you can book and red card a manager. Like It's it's the optics of it. I think the the way it looks, like he's the first one to get a red card and the others have been just sent to the stands in the middle of the match. Sure. Well, oh, to be an Evertonian. Who'd do that? But should we get to the to the referee after the game? Oh, and oh Carlo, the, the the magician's apprentice telling Carlo to disappear. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> just. I mean, here's the thing. I feel like if you want respect, you have to show respect. 
all right? It would be very simple for him to say, okay, here's what, here's what the, the person in the booth said. Here it is, okay? He could have said that. But instead, he's sitting there telling him to disappear because he's big manning him, okay? He's acting like, ah, I'm bigger than you right now. I mean, sorry. That's Carlo That's Carlo Ancelotti. Yes, too, that's what I mean. I'm thinking the like, same thing. But, Chris Cavana, a Manchester-born referee, we need to add, had an appalling performance. He just generally just didn't really have control of the game. There were plenty of calls that were awry, to say the least. Um, obviously, you know, he, he think I think something that Maguire obviously come out with after the game was that you know it was important that the officials they can get caught up in the emotion of the moment with all us going ballistic. I think I think. I think I flew about five rows forward when that went in. But uh, the referee, like obviously the, the goal has been disallowed, full-time whistle eventually. Um, and it was just, you know, obviously ringing out in booze. Goodison was a bear pit. I think he just wanted to get off the pitch as quickly as possible. Ancelotti, rightly so, has gone up to him after a, an explanation. But, you know, he's just not got very good managerial skills to to... As you say, Jerry, his mannerisms, his sort of cockiness. Um, what was that? What was the uh, the analogy you used for it, Terry? Uh, it, it wasn't. It wasn't mine. I, I, I nicked it. But basically, he's standing there like he, you, you've all met that policeman or that bouncer or that school prefect. That look on his face, like he's got. You can see him on camera going, "Disappear, disappear now." And Carlo's going, "No, I won't disappear. I want an explanation." And he goes, "That gives that sort of that huff face, and then gives it like." Get out my face, gives him the red card. And he was he was just embarrassing all game. He books a debate for coming back on the pitch when he was next to a linesman after he'd been injured. He gave a he gave a free kick to us when Fred hit the ball with his knee saying it was handball and he was right there looking at it, so he had a good view of it. He he was embarrassing all game. I mean well, it wasn't him who gave the VAR. Like the VAR, he gave the goal, and the VARs overruled him. But he sent Carlo Ancelotti off for asking for an explanation, and he's on camera, so there's no like foul language or anything yeah. like that. But Fred chest bumped yeah, him over that handball, and nothing said. So you can chest bump the referee. You can surround him like the Man United players doing. I'm not 100 percent sure this was him, but like so, you, you, Klopp last season sprints onto the pitch while the game's ongoing. All that's fine. But if you ask a manager, if you if a manager asks for an explanation on a decision, and is upset, you red card them with like a pissy look on your face, as if to say, "Who does this guy think he is talking to me like that?" It's like, ah, oh, I've got a, I I hope and I feel that he'll he'll be another Clattenberg now. He won't ref a game at Goodison for a few years just because of the unnecessary ag- aggro it'll cause because he was absolutely diabolical. He's cost us him and John Moss in the VAR booth have cost us two points there and a good home win against Man United just for being incompetent. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm getting fed up of saying it. It's just so regular. I mean, it goes back years, but just over the last two years, how many times we're on the wrong end of poor refereeing. It's just getting beyond a joke now. Yeah. I heard someone say Ancelotti was trying to talk to someone in the crowd, but the referee was just in the way. I saw that. I saw that. In his eye line, Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, my wife actually said she she absolutely loved the fact that Carlo had like no reaction to the red card. He just turned and walked off. No like anger, no anything. Just kind of turned around like <laughs> And I was like I was like, yeah, yeah, because he's a badass. You know what I mean? Because he's the real yeah. gangster in that the situation. The, All right. That was the only thing that the only positive from that whole situation was just more Carlo mm-hmm. goodness. Like I love him. He's been to Bootle Strand today for some reason. I know. I know. I've seen that. Yeah, One of it's, the people. It's, it's not the best of places. It's, it's a pretty uh, grim shopping centre. <laughs> um, there's, there's much nicer places you can go. So, but yeah, I mean, I love Carlo. It's like this is what we were missing with. Um, with uh, Marco Silva, can you imagine Marco Silva? He'd just ran down the touchline and got got the kettle brewing for the referee in his in his room. He'd he'd been waiting with a cup of tea. For well, see, him. that's what we've been waiting for: is somebody who actually stands up for the club. We want yes. somebody to stand up for us to basically say, "Hey, call out the fact that this sucks. 
All right, call out the fact that yeah. this is not just, it's not fair, there's brutal evidence here, and the the referees just get to, you know, hang out scot-free. And you know what, the, the league has come out and said some of the calls against us in the past have been wrong. They said that. Oh, uh, but, but how does that help us now? It doesn't. Because nothing has been changing. It's the same stuff, you know? So I'm glad, Carlo, keep keep calling out these these simpletons. I'm down with it. All right, so uh, we should move on because this has been a beefy segment. So uh, anyway, that's been our United Extra Time. Um, yeah, it's the the people who are who have VAR in their clutches that we're that we're struggling with at the moment. Not really the VAR itself. We are here to talk about the ageless wonder that is Leighton Baines. But that is kind of the question here. Is he actually ageless, ageless wonder? All right, because that's that's what we are, we're here to discuss. Um, he actually put in quite a shift against United on Sunday. Uh, three chances created, just rattling off some stats here really quick. Uh, 22 passes completed, 12 crosses, 66 touches, five duels won, two, air, two area duels won, two interceptions, and uh, three recoveries. Uh, basically... Uh, he had a good one. He played well. And that's what we've been getting from him when he's used sparingly. All right? When we get spot starts from Leighton Baines, he looks good. He looks strong. And he looks like he's still got it. He's 35 years old. I just want to put that out there. I'm, I mean, I'm older than that, so I'm not sitting there, like, saying, you know, I'm not trying to be ageist or anything. But I'm just saying he'll be 36 in December. Okay? So... Here's the deal. Aging players usually do well in spot duty, but consistency after a while is it can be an issue. So if he let's say we give him a new contract, let's say we keep him around a little bit longer, and let's say if Luca Dean is our starter and he's out for a long time for some reason, hope that doesn't happen. But if he's out for a long time, then we're talking about Leighton Baines being our number two for like more than a month. That, I think, is the scenario we have to ask ourselves when we're saying, is this the kind of situation where you want to give him a new contract? you got to think about leadership qualities. you got to think about the fact that he's, he's an amazing player for the club for a long time. So, Terry, I'm going to let you start this one. <sighs> Do you give Leighton Baines a new contract? No, but with an asterisk. <laughs> course <laughs> we're all gonna be like yes with an asterisk no with an asterisk <laughs> so many asterisks <laughs> go ahead terry sorry um i think we will um because just because carlo has name checked him and coleman a couple of times since he's been at the club as like important squad members especially when he first arrived and he hadn't really it may have just been these are the players i know play for everton because they were there a long time ago but, it, but he, he's name-checked them a couple of times. Um, they've, Baines has um, performed quite well when he's come in for the games that he has done. And I don't mean he's just he's not looked off the pace. I mean, like he's been one of the better players. He was be- one of the better players at Arsenal. And he's one of the better players against Man United. And so I think we will. I think the other areas of the squad will be more pressing financially. So I think... You know, I, I personally think we need, you know, four players at least to go straight to the first team. Then, you know, centre-back, right-backs, central midfield and right midfield. So I think that leaves very little sort of scope to bring in a new left-back to replace Baines. But in an ideal world, I would like to see Baines go out on a high, you know, with his, you know, still playing at a decent level. You know, we still love him. I don't want to see him stay too long, which I've seen other players do. And there's, you know, the it's it it mars their memory a little bit if they don't go out, you know, at a good level. And I'd like to see us bring a young, you know, a very young left back in who can, you know, sort of be groomed, and you know, rotate with Luca Dean throughout the season, especially if we're in Europe where they'll get a lot more games. But that may be in terms of. The reality of the situation may be a little bit football manager, maybe a little bit FIFA, where you know, you know, you doesn't work like that. You can't have wholesale changes every single summer to freshen the squad up. 
So I wouldn't. I'd like to get a young player in and you know really go down that route. But I would not be unhappy if the club chose not to. And I don't think they are going to do it. I think they will renew his contract for another year and then address the left back position the summer after when you know fingers crossed there's not as much um, surgery needed to other parts of the squad. I think they see that as you know fine for now, and we'll uh, we'll get that one next time. Okay, Max, how are you feeling about it? Leighton Baines is probably yeah, maybe Wayne Rooney in his prime, but on from that, Leighton Baines got to be up there. I've seen the Premier League are coming out with like um, like these Premier League awards, and I think Leighton Baines would certainly be our nomination. Um, he could have left us a couple of years ago and gone on to be a you know a trophy winning caliber left back, um, but just out of sheer loyalty, and I think you know it speaks volumes of the man that he is. That he stayed, um, which very much looks like till the end of his career. Um, would I extend his contract? Yes, because of the point Terry raised that we're that obviously there are other matters that need to be addressed first. But and again, this is kind of adding to the point that you mentioned as well that Everton are traditionally so bad at succession planning. Um, you know, there's so many players that we've played. Until they're well past the sell-by date and they're burnt out. Tim Howard, Leon Osmond, Tony Hibbert. Just you know, there's a there's a list of players that we just burnt out. Um, I'm cautious that you know we've played them against Arsenal, played them against Man United, and it, I, I don't think that's how you should use Leighton Baines. Um, obviously needs but needs must with the injury to Luca Dean, but. It doesn't bode quite well. I think, as you said, Jerry, thirty-five years old, thirty-five years old with a history of injury problems, and you know it, it only takes one knock or you know a certain amount of overtraining for one of those injuries to flare up again. Um, mm. That being said, technically, still, I think you know a cut above quite a few in the squad. Still got an absolute wand of a left foot. His delivery is absolutely brilliant. Um, would have liked to seen him adopt a responsibility at set, piece, set pieces a bit more. I mean, I know they probably favoured Sigurdsson, given that he could, you know, cut across with his right foot. But as I said, his, his delivery and ability from set pieces has just never been doubted. Um, again, just to sort of raise a red flag, I think one major criticism of the under-23s is that Although, yeah, fantastic. We just coming off the back of winning, you know, a double winning season in Cup and League, but we never seem to have an individual that can step up and be a functioning part of the first team. Um, Matty Folds, I believe, is currently playing left back for the under 23s, and again, and I've not seen all that much of the under 23s, but again, if if, a, if one of them was good enough to to step in, I, th- I think we'd all know. Um, and that doesn't seem to be the case, particularly at left back. Um, I think we can only, you know, touch wood that Luca Dean gets fit and healthy ASAP. I think there was a time where we felt like we had kind of the uh, heir apparent when we had Anthony Robinson in there. I think the club had some high hopes there, but he was suffering. It felt like seemed like injury after injury after injury, and uh, I think now we, I mean, we, that's when we. We finally were like, you know what? We're just going to go ahead and sell him to Wigan, which yeah. is where he's I moved been. to. I moved. I moved to AC Milan. Yeah, very nearly materialized or fell yeah. through, which was quite bizarre. Which almost kind of made you think, "Oh, I wish we hadn't let him go." But yeah, it's hard. It's a weird thing. You can't predict that kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah, you you'd only you'd only feel like that if you haven't seen AC Milan recently. Like <laughs> it's no <laughs> true. It, it's, it feels like he's going to a bigger, better, you know, club than than he's just left. And you know, certainly, you know, history and name wise, they are. But at the minute, AC Milan are not a good team. Like, right. I, 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 I hope, I hope, you know, Jedi gets the move. I hope he, he goes to AC Milan and has a brilliant career. But uh, and I, I hope, I reckon he's right still in the summer because he came back and was very uh, upbeat about the move. I think I'd be. You know, with me curtains drawn for for weeks on end, if if I had a career move like that, I'd, I'd stalled and failed. But I, I reckon he'll go back in the summer. But yeah, someone in that mold, someone young who can you know who can step in 
and replace Baines is spot in the squad, but understudy Luca Dean, I think it'd be ideal. But it's, it's easier said than done. We, you know, we've had that before, and it's not worked out. Robertson's one, Garbutt's the most obvious one. Luke Garbutt at one point looked like, yeah, well, there's our Baines replacement. Mm-hmm. He, we, th- I thought he'd be Luca Dean, and he's where is he now? <laughs> Nowhere. It's hard. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm gonna. Agree, agree with you guys in a way. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I'm gonna flat out just agree with Max, uh, but because of Terry's reason, because Max had similar reasons to what Terry said. Terry did that thing where he's like, "We're not gonna give him a contract, but I think we will." And here's the very good reason why. You know, what I mean? so <laughs> it's we, yeah. And I, I think extend it by a year because we got bigger fish to fry right now, and it's just yeah. that's okay. just where we're at. You know. And I'm, I was going to say, mention an AC Milan there. I'm sure Theo Hernandez is their top goal scorer at left back. Um, that wouldn't mind us sniffing around there to see if we could mm. get a deal to come off. But I don't know. It's a it's a strange marker to feel at left back. I think you need to you know you need to be 100 percent sure. Like I would have said a few years about you, we should have went in for Alfonso Davies at Vancouver. But oh. look at what he's up to in our way. Yeah, what a player. Oh my gosh, and that's the funny thing is I saw I had seen him play, uh, but I had not seen him play on that kind of stage before. And it's I mean I'm I'm totally excited for him, a player who's come from come from MLS playing for playing for Bayern Munich now and looks just so strong, man. Looks just so strong. I, we watched the my family watched the the Chelsea. Uh, Champions League match from I guess it was last week. We had recorded it, and I rewound that assist he had. I, guess, I think it was the it was the second or third goal. I'm trying to remember which one it was, but it was nice. It was just really nice. The guy's got speed. He's intelligent. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's trying to figure. I think that's why you you do all the the research you do, man. So I that's why we just gotta keep thinking. That's why that's why bronze is here, man. Yeah, and I, I've got to say, and I, I didn't mention it in the the match, like the extra time, purely because you know I knew we'd go on to talk about Leighton Baines, but it's twenty twenty. Seamus Coleman and Leighton Baines shouldn't be starting games together. <laughs> like it's like you know, it's like seeing Leon Osman and Tony, but in the same lineup for like the last ten years. Like, come on, succession planning it needs to happen. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, you can't just gloss over it. And, uh, and, you know, it is kind of one of those things where we are, I, I feel like we are moving in the right direction in terms of making decisions for the, in that, in that manner. You know what I mean, Max? Like, uh, actually being able to, but it's just, it's just not an immediate thing. And I think if you take a look at where the, the squad is at now, where the club is at now compared to three years ago, it's just a different animal. Entirely, which is cool. I mean, that's that's enough for optimism, you know, at least. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think our next left back, whenever Leighton Baines does decide to leave, is uh, that left back is uh, will is not on our roster yet. True, you know. So, all right, guys. So that's two yeses and a no with an asterisk. For the uh, Leighton Baines new contract uh, question mark segment. <music> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for If You Know Your History, the uh, Everton-based quiz segment that pits Terry against Max in a Toffee's Cage match of wit and might. So, gentlemen, it's a starting 11 quiz. I am going to list a match from the past, and you guys need to list not just the starters, but also the subs that played for Everton in said match. The first one to give an incorrect response, uh, it's sort of done like, uh, yeah, first one to give an incorrect response is is the loser in the round, okay? So, um, gentlemen, I've got, a, I've got a nice, shiny, plastic 50-cent piece here. All right, very nice with, uh, looks like Elvis Presley on the cover. So, um, gentlemen, uh, let's see here. Terry, I feel like you never get to call it and you complain about it just perpetually. So, Terry, if you could call it, heads or tails? Heads. It is heads. I didn't catch it because I'm bad at catching coins, at least plastic ones. It is heads. Terry, which one do you want, first or second? 
best, please. No kidding. Okay. So, insert intense quiz music. Oh my gosh, it's so intense. Ah, it's like a Hitchcock film. So, guys, the match in question. The 13th of December, 2016. Everton 2, Arsenal 1. Terry, you have chosen to go first. So, your answer please. Seamus Coleman. Seamus Coleman is a correct answer. Well, good start. Max, what do you got? Ashley Williams. Ashley Williams, yes. Terry. Phil Jagielka. Correct. He started. Max. Leighton Baines. Leighton Baines did start. Well done, guys. You're on a nice little roll. Terry, what do you got? James McCarthy James McCarthy did start that is correct Max 2016 Lukaku Lukaku yes Terry we're back to you sir Stephen Naismith No. <laughs> Max, you got a Max, you got a chance to to steal the win here. Ross Barkley. Ross Barkley is correct. He did start. So Max gets the win. Gentlemen, do you want to keep guessing or do you want me to just blurb the rest out? You can keep guessing. I'm gutted I was gonna say Barkley and change your mind. Oh, if Lukaku so plays, it's more, more or less likely that Barkley played, you know, 2016. Koeman? Yes. Yeah. Um, go, go on, tell you if you're taking uh, the next stop. Other names, guys? Uh, Kevin Morales? Uh, he did not start, but he play, came in as a sub. Idrissa Gay? Idrissa Gay did start. Yannick Balassi? No. Was he injured before that, I think? <laughs> it was that month, I think, that he got injured. It was December against Man United. I just didn't know whether it was first before that or... Yeah, he's not on anywhere on here, so I think you're right. Max, I guess? Gerard Delafeu? He was on the bench but did not play. Oh, okay. Um, Calvert Lewin, he was playing play for us then, wasn't he? He came in as he came in as a sub. Okay. Uh, this was a funky lineup, guys. Anna Valencia. Yes. <laughs> he he started. He did. Can't believe him getting. And I don't believe he. And I don't believe he was chased afterward by anyone on a golf cart either. So <laughs> really upset that I got that after I've already lost. I know, of course, one of the one of the harder yeah. ones. Yeah, Max, you got a guess on the last two starters, and there's one more bench player that played. Um, Ramiro Funes Mori, or would he have been sold by then? Funes Mori came in as a sub. Okay. Again, weird, right? Yeah, I was there. I'm just trying to recall it, really. Mm-hmm. Aruna Kone? No. He was not on the bench, nor did he start. Um, is Howard, is Howard, is Howard gone by then? Are we not meant to, we're not Howard, meant to Howard, I believe, is gone, because he's not starting or a sub. Stecklenburg. Uh, Stecklenburg started. Rob was on the bench then, I assume. Yes, he, he was on the bench. Did not play, but he was on the bench. So one more starter. 
Pina? Nope. He might get his well gone on Italy. Um, I think so. Who was right, right midfield? Ah. I can picture the team now that we've said it all, but I don't know who the right midfielder was. So it's, it's not Kevin Morales or Stephen. Uh... It's not Naismith, it's not Morales, it's not Delafeu. Aaron Lennon? Boom. Ah, there we go, yeah. I, I, was, I was going to give you guys a clue by doing this. Huh. <laughs> For those who can't see, he was doing Aaron Lennon's... Uh, Famous photo shoot face from when he first signed on loan and he looked really happy that about snarl. it. snarl. Yeah. <laughs> what was even better about that is when he signed permanently, he, he had really exaggerated smiles like, <laughs> yeah. over the top like, to sort of correct it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, by the way, just a little bit more information on the game. The rest of the people on the bench besides uh, Robles, De La Feu, Morales, Funes Mori, Funes Mori and Calvert-Lewin, uh, Tom Cleverley was on the bench, and Mason Holgate was on the bench. And goal scorers in the match, uh, Alexis Sanchez scored for Arsenal. Uh, Seamus Coleman scored in the 44th minute for us. Ashley, Wil- Wil- Ashley Williams, Ash Williams, in the uh, 86th minute. And Jagielka got a red card in the uh, third minute of added time. Really? Yeah. Do, do we know what for? Second yellow or straight red? I did not see. I did not see that. I was just... I just wrote down this because I thought it was interesting. I was hoping one of you guys would remember. I, I, uh, I assume that's why Fiona's money is coming then, possibly. Mm. So, guys, uh, so uh, the quiz is over. Uh, Terry, congratulations for a solid performance. However, we got to give it up to Max. Max, uh, you know, got a nice little win on this one. Max, your reward, should you choose to accept it, is to pick the tune we wrangle out the show to. To which we wrangle out the show. Let me get my language right. So, Max, what's your what's your tune? Given the whole VAR circus as of late, I'm going to go for Misery by the Beatles. <laughs> Misery by the Beatles. And and Max, uh, what album is that on? Please please me. I think. I, I was trying to remember, and honestly, it's been a. I, I, I get I get a lot of uh, the Beatles albums confused, although I know like individual songs. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I think that's when they're all in a, all with the same aircraft in in a, in a tuxedo. Probably. By the way, he, huge fan of the way you said that. By the way, Max, please, please. Wait. <laughs> it was, it, I was just dying to say when we said what albums that on the Alan Partridge line of. Probably the best of the Beatles. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the best of the Beatles. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Well, Max has stated very clearly why he has picked this particular tune. I don't think we need to dissect that anymore. It's pretty clear, and I think it's pretty just and apt. So, everybody. Uh, so uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. Thanks so much for uh, for listening to the Toffee Blues podcast. If you uh, if you would uh, subscribe to the Toffee Blues podcast, and you know what, if you're sitting there thinking, you know what, I am very curious as to what the beard game looks like for these three guys right now. Um, yeah, check out our YouTube channel. You can actually see uh, see faces to match your voices. Just give you a clue: two of us have beards, one of us doesn't. But the other, the one who doesn't, has ample hair to make up for it. Use your imagination there. It's me. I have long hair right now. All right. So anyway, so check out, check that out if you will. Subscribe to the Toffee Blues YouTube channel. We'd really appreciate it. If you want more Max, check out the Carlisle podcast. Uh, Max is doing a lot of interview work with uh, with folks in the football business, the business of football. So um, yeah, it's a it's a. It's his, uh, it's his brainchild, so check that out. He's been working really hard on getting that started. Uh, some really interesting uh, takes that you can find there. Also, if you want more Terry, uh, check out the Liverpool Echo Fan Jury, uh, in which he, he just empties his brain out and shakes it all over the, all over the page about Everton. And, uh, yeah, and if you ever need the, uh, the warm embrace uh, of a gentleman, Terry's your guy, or so I hear. Uh, so... 
Anyway, that's it, guys. Thanks so much. I really appreciate your time. Max, good to see you, man. It's been a while. I know you're super busy, but I appreciate you taking the time. No worries, man. Pleasure. Terry, my guy, all the time. See you every week now. Good to good to see you, man. Appreciate it. And we'll have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to watch Parasite so we can talk about it soon. Yeah, definitely. Um, always a pleasure, guys. Take it easy. All right, and this is Jerry uh, for for Max and for Terry and the Toffee Blues. Much love to everybody out there who's got the who's got the VAR you know depression i get it we get you we're in this together let's just deal let's just deal with it it'll be all right hopefully question mark please please me all right guys much love and uh we're out bye